Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Late Night Mike and Mike Show. I'm your host, Dallas Mike, and I have here with me Michael Westbrook. How are you doing tonight, Michael? I am doing pretty good. What's up, everybody? So tonight we kind of wanted to focus on training camps. Uh, it's you know it's a big deal. There's there's been a lot of stuff that if you've been listening the last three weeks, there's been a lot of stuff going on that we've been talking about. And this will be a really good week to get to talk about some of the things that we're seeing, particularly in the quarterback situation. Uh, we just saw Aaron Rodgers finally, you know, coming to camp, uh, just got a new deal signed. Um, basically, it's going to let him be a free agent, I believe, at the end of the season or possibly they get to choose who gets to trade him. Uh, they haven't fully released all the details. I think it's one of the two, uh, which is great. And we, we got to see Wilson finally sign his contract, which I know was something that you had, you had talked about to me off stream uh, was being a big deal, especially since you're really interested to see the kid from BYU be productive this year. Yeah, I mean, I was looking through, you know, I was, you know, I, I think we had, I can't remember if I asked you or you brought it up or however we did it, but, um, you know, it's just huge to think to me that the Jets drop Sam Darnold and draft Zach Wilson and he's not one of the first, Did if you just not call the him first Zach person Wilson? you sign. Zach Wilson. Oh, you called him Zach Wilson, which oh, I mean, no. that could be a new <laughs> that could be a new name for him. Maybe he's gonna I be. I mean, sacked he is from... on the Jets. He is on the Jets. Well, I, so, you know, I mean, getting sacked by his own teammates' butts, maybe you know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it's it's just wild to me. I was trying to watch videos and read articles on it, and pretty much everybody that's big in the world of football and sports commentating were just asking the question like what is going on like why are the jets not signing the person that they drafted to replace the person they got rid of you know and it's just you know everybody's asking the question like really just sign him what is your problem pay the man you've got the money pay him Get him there on at training camp on day one. Why are you wasting time? You know, and so it was just wild to me that he hadn't gotten signed yet. Um, well, I mean, but it was they that did get signed. Bonus. That, that's but, that's what the big deal was, and and I don't fully understand that because you and I talked about it off stream. The offset language. It was like twenty of twenty two teams do it. The Rams and one other team are the only other teams that that don't have this offset language. But I still don't fully understand the whole idea behind wanting to pay out a bonus over a couple months or a month or whatever versus paying it all within 15 days it doesn't make it it doesn't make any sense to me like you specifically draft a top you know quarterback why would you not just pay him the money up front like i don't i don't think it actually saves the money in salary cap by paying it out in installments yeah i mean i i just pay the man i mean Yes, it's $22 million right out the window. But I mean, either way, he's going to get like he's got to get his money. You can't expect somebody to come and play for you with no money, you know, because now he's got to get a house. Now he's got to pay gotta those gotta taxes. Get, you know, those he, yeah, taxes. he's got to live. He's got to live out there. You know, he doesn't live out there. You know, he's got to have that money. And I don't understand why they're just freaking out about it. But they got it done. He's going to get his money in 15 days. Um, you know, and so that's good. Um, I'm trying to read up on the Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, but it doesn't say anything right now as of, you know, I, I don't think we know yet whether or not they can or can't trade him to wherever they want. 
Um, but he is basically a free agent next year. Wait, wait. Um, the franchise window closes one day before that, meaning Rodgers is untaggable after 2022. If he plays out the next two years, he'd become a true free agent. Okay, so the Packers can... They have control over where they trade him next year, but they can't franchise tag him. Um, but if he does keep playing uh, for them next season as well, then he will become a, free, a true free agent. Um, but the Packers are kind of hoping that he retires, so they only lose eleven and a half million instead of twenty-two million. Well, um, I was because, also because that's how his contract lines it out. Is yeah, and so then... there'd be a lot of dead money. There, there was also a portion where they were talking about it. Um, there was, I, I don't know, I don't think it was the offset language or something like that, but they, they did change the way that he was going to get paid. Um, it wasn't necessarily like a restructure. Uh, I don't have the article pulled up, but they were talking about it and it talked about where he basically was guaranteed, I believe, more money. Um, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, he. Yeah, it's a very, very weird situation. Um, but the big things to note: it's not the money. Um, that was an Aaron Rodgers thing. He wants more control over management decisions, and so he's actually the one that got Randall Cobb back to the team. Uh, he has a lot of faith and trust in Randall Cobb, and so they brought him back. They signed him to a deal. So we're gonna see how that plays out. Here it is. Because Aaron Rodgers is starting to see the fruits of his labors and starting to get that management decision making on his side. Yeah. So here it is. I, I just pulled it up where I was where I'd been reading it. Um, it says there was a forfeiture provisions were removed from his contract, which would prevent the Packers from pursuing prorated portions of his signing bonus. Um, so that means that Rodgers would not lose any of the signing bonus or roster bonus money he received this year, which totaled more than $14 million. And after the 2021 season, the remaining $5.7 million in proration from his 2019 signing bonus would also no longer be forfeitable. Mm-hmm. So I knew I knew it was a big chunk of money. I mean... Oh, yeah, no, it's a big, yeah, mon- that a was, big chunk. And it says no other financial changes were believed to have been made to the deal, uh, which... Is, is I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, he says he's not about the money. He just wanted to, you know, come back in and win. Um, and there was also a portion of it where he starts talking about uh, basically that, you know, they tried to throw all this money at him. Uh, here it is. He says uh, it was more uh, it was more just the approach to not mention anything past 2021 that made me feel like I wasn't in the future plans, which, again, I get it. It's a business and I'm not a victim here. I've made a ton of money here and I've been really fortunate to play a long time and play here. And at the same time, I'm still competitive and I still feel that I can play. I proved it last year. So I feel like making a commitment past the 2021 season was not a big deal. And there are ways to do that. That wasn't necessarily accomplished. That's the way we are. Um, And he also said he didn't want to be a lame duck quarterback, but this is just, you know, the effect that sets it up that way. Uh, And they talked about throwing all kinds of money at him. He talked about how he had, you know, he's got the money that he needs uh, and that, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't about the money, um, which is, you know, big deal for sure. Especially since now that he didn't take all that money, they can actually afford to get those guys back like Randall Cobb that he wants in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, he wants those big names, those good character people in the locker room, because that was his big frustration is the team wouldn't <clears throat> continue to sign and re-sign these great players um, that were not only performing, but they're also good characters for the team. Uh, you know, they were a part of the family. 
and it just did not make him happy at all. So uh, he got what he wanted. Uh, they're starting to fix it up. So uh, he even said his relationship with the general manager is is professional. And so uh, we're going to see how this, uh, you know, how this season goes, because how it goes is going to base whether or not he stays with them or he wants to be traded. Um, the only problem with them trading him is they're going to lose $22 million, um, you know, because of his contract. It's just going to be dead money in cap space. So they're really hoping he retires. So they only lose half of that. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And, you know, kind of diving a little bit deeper into this, where we had talked about speculation of, of how he had said, you know, he it was never about drafting Jordan Love and things like that. It was really cool to hear him come out and talk about how he wanted to help the organization grow and learn from mistakes. And he said that really the big deal was that uh, he said he, you know, he had talked uh, about the organization has disrespected veterans who were on their way out of Green Bay. And he said yeah. that he talked with uh, with a lot of the former Packers to see how they were treated upon exit from the organization. And he specifically listed Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones. Uh, and he said Matthews. that, yeah, Clay Matthews. And he said that basically they weren't respected at all. They were either lowballed or not given a contract on their way out of Green Bay. Um, and Rogers, you know, several, several times said that uh, the issue with the Packers was never about the money with the team. And while the extension, uh, extension talks were had, he reiterated it wasn't about the, the money, but security with the team. Um, and so I guess in, in some sense, the security still comes from, you know, like you've got Jordan Love and that's and that's fantastic. And I think he's OK with mentoring, uh, you know, Jordan Love and, and getting him up to, you know, where he needs to be when he's ready to retire on his time type deal. Um, so it's not that they drafted him, but it's just the fact that there was no conversation about his security with the team. You know, did they want him to mentor behind Aaron Rodgers and, and you know, learn the organization that way? Or, were, you know, he didn't know if they just wanted to come in and if Jordan Love got hot, they were just going to, you know, bench Rodgers, which, you know, I can understand having that security of knowing like, hey, uh, I still have some time. And uh, if you bench me, like, I, I don't want to just sit on the bench like that. You know, it's definitely not, not a fun way to be. But I also understand, um, you know, when, when he came out and said this, that was taking a big step. And it was kind of a lot of the same things that Deshaun Watson uh, has been reiterating uh, mm-hmm. you know, when he had his, his, his beef, which is still ongoing. Um, and you know, Houston has said they're, they're willing to trade Deshaun Watson now, if they could get the right, you know, picks for him. Um, but I mean, like, it's absolutely crazy that now all of a sudden Rogers comes out and basically says, Hey, I, I wasn't included in anything. Uh, and he said, I, you know, when they hired Matt LaFleur, he goes, I absolutely loved him, but I wasn't, I wasn't involved in the discussions with the hiring of him." Um, you know, and so I think it's kind of one of those interesting things where now we're, we're starting to see where they're saying, Hey, look, like I know I don't get really a say in what's going on, but if you just include me, so I have an idea what's going on with the team that I, you know, I basically lead on the field week in and week out. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and so obviously not all, you know, we haven't really heard that from any other quarterbacks aside from, you know say, you know, Deshaun Watson, but I'd be really interested to hear if any other quarterbacks around the league, uh, you know, like Tom Brady, he, you know, he, he got a lot of influence in what happened in Tampa or in, uh, in new England and, you know, rightfully so he won a whole bunch of super bowls. How could you not? And I feel like coming in to working with a Bruce Arians, I feel like they probably still have that same relationship where he gets a lot of say in what's going on. So I'd be interested to know how many other teams 
include them in enough or if the other quarterbacks just don't really care i'd be interested to know kind of some of the statistics around the league of what's going on there now i i don't think a lot of qbs do um especially if you look around the league most guys playing currently are pretty new to their teams um so they don't get pretty much any say uh deshaun watson is still not a veteran qb um so i don't think he should get that much say um especially in like oh hey we're gonna hire a new head coach why why would deshaun watson get any say um now aaron Rodgers, i can see why he'd want to be included um you know but i don't know i think it's just odd to me that these players want that kind of well, feeling of management ability i mean like Tom Brady doesn't get any say on the coaches hired, but no, but I would when say it's time to talk about players, he's in the room, you know. Right. And I think but I that's think where Rodgers needs to be focused more than well, I want to be in there when they're talking about new coaches and stuff. Well, it was I know that was like a small bit, but Yeah, but I, I think he covered that pretty well when he talked about the exit of the team where they're not, you know, they're not making offers and you know, he's not getting to play with the people. But I, that's part of the Deshaun Watson deal, too, was it wasn't just the coaching decisions or, G, you know, anything like that. You know, he specific when when they specifically lost DeAndre Hopkins to go to Arizona, that was a big part of his deal was he doesn't have any control over the locker room. And I feel like J.J. Yeah. Watt was slowly starting to experience that, too, where it was like, hey, you know, I get it. You know, we're getting paid to be on your team, but you know, for, for their cohesion to stay together, like that, you know, they want to have, and, and trades are going to happen, you know, like that, that is going to happen. But when you're talking about people who it's like, they're specifically getting rid of all of, you know, your, your best players and things like that, who are, are helping you win the, the games that you are actually able to win. I feel like that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, the play is, so there has to be a lot of respect on both sides um you know because the players are making more than the coaches but the coaches are the ones that are helping you get better day in and day out you know so it's it's a really hard position to be in and they're you know it's just something that's got to be worked better on um you know maybe include it in a contract and say hey you're going to get management decision when you reach this year of being with us um you know but well, I don't, I don't think, I think there needs to be just better management from the QBs because it looks like a lot around the league. Um, you you see a lot of these problems happening, like with Deshaun Watson not getting say on stuff. Aaron Rodgers has been frustrated about this. And even Russell Wilson was frustrated about this. And he wanted to help out last year with the draft. And he wanted to help talk about players and and, you know, do plays and things like that. And, you know. I think it's starting to come to light that these QBs want a little bit more responsibility than just calling hut and, you know, throwing the ball. Um, well, I, think, I it also, think it's going to start changing. I think it also has to do with the, it's not so much that they want to have like a say in the decision as to like, Oh, Hey, I'd prefer you hire this guy over this guy. But I think also a, a portion of it, whether it's a player or whether it's whatever, you know, uh, if you go, if you go read what Rogers was saying earlier on, there was a portion of it where he was saying, you know, like, Hey, like I, I'd like to be able to have a say in like, Oh, Hey, this guy, you know, he's going into free agency just to let you know, I would like to see him come back. Uh, you know, he fits into the, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, and if that, you know, I think it's just him wanting to be able to, you know, or, or quarterbacks in general, wanting to be able to say like, Hey, I really like having this player on the team. 
I know I don't get to tell you, hey, let's keep him, make him an offer type deal, but like being able to tell you like, oh, hey, I, you know, I, we mesh really well and, you know, you can see that success on the field, but, but, but I think it's just being able to, whether you're hiring a new coach and being able to say like, hey, maybe who are you considering? Um, you know, what applicants do you have? Well, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's already rumors when you're inside the building that, you know, you and I obviously have no information about type deal because we haven't been there. But mm. I, I think they just want, you know, like they, they just want some more, you know, information. They want to be able to pass along their feelings and feel like they're actually being heard. Roger sounds like he wants a bit more, I think, you know, being involved in a lot of different deals. But he did say specifically, he was like, hey, when a player is going into free agency, I'd like to better tell you like, hey, like I really do like playing with this guy. If you could offer him a contract, I think he still fits what we're looking for. But I think just also wanting to be heard uh, as the quarterback since, you know, he does have to, you know, mesh with the players that he's playing with. You know, you can't sometimes you just, you know, you don't always have that that same mindset, you know, uh, that, you know, when you were growing up paying, you know, playing pass and catch and pop warrant, you know, things like that. Uh, you absolutely always had friends that were, you know, you just kind of synced and it clicked and you were like, well, we always know what the other one is thinking. Uh, and and mm-hmm. quarterbacks, I think, want to have that same feeling and, and they want to be able to tell, you know, their their ownership, their GM, their coach, like, hey, I, I do want this guy still on the team. Yeah, and, and I get that. Um, you know, like I said, it's going to take a lot of work, but I think it's slowly starting to change, especially with Tom Brady having been a lot more vocal about the fact that um, something that he's loved about being in Tampa Bay is that they give him that ability. Um, and so I think that's starting to change. I think people are starting to realize, oh, hey, our QBs want this kind of voice and we need to give it to them because they are pretty much the captain of the team. They are the person that they all kind of look to for leadership, you know, before the coach, you know? Um, and so if, if the QB wants to say, Hey, we should keep this wide receiver. We've got a good connection. All he needs is one more season and we'll get it figured out, you know, whatever. I mean, so I, I know they've got to listen. I know we were kind of talking about veteran versus non-veteran just a second ago and, and being able to like have, con, you know, some control and say, so let me ask you this. Do you think uh, Patrick Mahomes gets any say about uh, who he wants on the, you know, or, or being able to talk to Andy Reid and be able to say, hey, you know, I really like having, uh, you know, so-and-so on the team, uh, you know, let's re-sign him uh, or, or things like that. Do you, do you think he's able to, because I feel like him and Andy Reid probably get along pretty well. I feel like mm-hmm. he's probably being listened to. Uh, in Kansas City, but I mean, I know he, I, I know he's still young and new, and he's definitely not of you know an old time veteran like Kirk Cousins or anything like that. But well, I mean, what do you think? You think he's getting any say there in Kansas City? I don't think there's a lot that's needed to be said, you know, because obviously everybody knows Tyreek Hill is doing great. Um, obviously, everybody knows that Travis Kelce is doing great. Um, you know, but. I think from informal conversations, if Patrick Mahomes says, oh, yeah, like me and him got this in the bag this week, like we're going to like, I, he, you know, he's going to be like my wide receiver one for the week. Like he's like we've just been connected all week, um, you know, him saying anything good about them around Andy Reid is going to make him think and know um, about that player a little bit more. And I think Andy Reid's just a good coach in the fact that he listens to what his QBs say. Uh, He listens to what the players have to say. 
And, you know, if they're just not working out, he makes an executive decision. But if they're working out or he can see that they're doing better, I honestly think that he takes into account what others say around him. But I don't think they actually have a sit down meeting and talk. But I do think he listens to what his players have to say. And, you know, he takes it he takes it to his to his thought process and whether or not he goes against what they say. Um, it's because he takes it all in and uh, makes the best decision he can as the head coach. So, I mean, it's, he's kind of a separate coach. Um, you know, it's, it's more difficult when you have somebody like Matt LaFleur, who's newer, um, who's going to have that, um, where he's just going to kind of be, Hey, I'm new. I'm figuring out my thing. Um, and I think he's starting to realize at least with the plays, I need to trust my QB and that we need to work together. The GM, has kind of always been a stickler and always wanted to do his thing. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, But there are a lot of teams, I think, that are going to start looking at their QBs and and starting to take what they say, you know, for what it's worth. Um, So I don't know. That's that's my thought on it. Um, Yeah. What about what about you, Michael? What do you do you think Patrick Mahomes gets a voice uh, formal informal? I, I mean, I'm sure there's a bit of both in that aspect. I mean, Andy, Andy Reid's been around a long time, right? And anytime oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just Andy, just the way that I see Andy Reid, just like how he carries himself. He just seems like, you know, yeah, sure. He's definitely a serious guy, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes seems kind of goofy sometimes, just anytime you've ever seen, you know, and he grew up in, in the Texas Rangers clubhouse because his dad played for the Rangers, right? Uh, and I feel like, so he just kind of, you know, he's goofy, he's, you know, he's one of the guys. And I feel like he probably, you know, Andy Reid probably vibes with that pretty well, honestly. Like, I just feel like Andy Reid is like, okay, look, on the field, like, we're serious and everything. But off the field, you know, like, he he probably gets his guys pretty good. I mean, I know there was the, there was kind of that situation with the the running back who just said he would never play for uh, for Andy Reid again. Uh, just because, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But, oh, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, also Le'Veon Bell's had some issues, so I don't know how much that I trust. Some issues? A lot okay. of issues. <laughs> I was trying to give him some, you know, credibility, or some modesty of, you no. know, whatever. But He's paid yeah. millions of dollars, and he's complaining about one of the best coaches in the league because he didn't let him do whatever he just wanted to do. Right, um, but so I, I and think... And he reads no pushover, so Le'Veon Bell's stepping out of, way out of line. Um so he's, I think he's weighing over his head. Yeah. So I think when Patrick Mahomes, you know, you know, if he comes off, uh, you know, he, he comes off the field after practice and, uh, you know, he kind of meanders over to, uh, to Andy Reed, you know, he, and, and kind of gives him a nudge and he, you know, he's all like, uh, Hey, Hey, you know, uh, me and Tyreek, you know, blah, 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 you know, or Travis Kelsey just, uh, hooked up and, uh, I know there's a contractor, you know, whatever, blah, 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 you know, uh, maybe, maybe we keep them around, you know, let's, 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 you know, let's give it another year. Let's see what happens. And I'm sure Andy Reid probably, you know, takes that into consideration and says, Hey, you know, my quarterback who I just signed to, you know, long-term deal and, uh, you know, who definitely is one of the, you know, he's kind of like JJ Watt was for Houston where, you know, he buys into the city that he's in. Um, I think, you know, I think that's it's it's going to be one of the same deals where you know Andy Reid's like, hey, look, I know I need to keep uh, Patrick happy, uh, you know, let let, I'll, you know, I'll let me go talk to my GM. Let's see, let's see what we can do here, you know. Um, so I, I feel like there's probably uh, probably a portion of it there where you know 
if if Patrick isn't happy, you know, you don't want to go out of your way to to just cater to him. But I'm sure, you know, on some level, there's a conversation there where he says, hey, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad you think that, you know, let's see. Let's see what we can do. Um, and, I, and that's probably a good situation, you know, uh, to be in. Because you, you obviously you never want to get your quarterback into an unhappy situation where he just wants to, you know, he just wants to leave and and is unhappy and you know you don't you don't mm-hmm. want to end up with an Aaron Rodgers situation. You don't want to end up with a, a situation like you have in Houston. So I think that you know in in the situations where you want a long term quarterback, like I'm sure in New England, you know that's why, uh, you know Tom Brady stayed for so long. You know he was winning Super Bowls. If he you know. He got to keep Gronk for a long time. You know, he got those players that he wanted there. And obviously, you know, at the end, you know, at the end there where he decided he wanted to test free agency and everything, and he goes down to the Bucks and everything, you know, that's that's a kind of a separate story. But, you know, when you have that guy that you want to try to keep long term, I think, you know, you don't necessarily cater to every need they want, but I'm sure, you know, you include them in quite a bit. So it seems like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're 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 very happy where they're at with that situation. Um, so you got to think that, yeah, he probably gets included, you know, in some of that stuff, you know, before this last season, I would have said Russell Wilson and, uh, I'm totally blinking right now. Uh, Pete Carroll, I, I would have said there probably was some level of, you know, Hey, I like that. You know, I like having this guy here, you know, let's try to keep him around or, Hey, uh, maybe we can't keep this guy, but get me somebody, you know, similar style as that, you know, um, because obviously Pete Carroll, you know, he does what he wants to do. Um, just kind of, you know, kind of like Sean Payton down there uh, with the Saints, yeah. you know, they're going to do what they want to do. But I think at the same time, you know, there was a portion of it. And then obviously we just heard about, you know, Russell Wilson supposedly wasn't happy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I would have said at one point in time, I probably think Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll kind of have those those same conversations where, you know, he says, hey, uh, you know, I, I want this person in the locker room steal or, you know, Hey, uh, if we could get a contract so that him and I can, you know, keep vibing and, you know, keep this offense rolling. I, I would have told you at one point, yeah, they probably have that, but I don't think it's act, you know, may not be to that same level now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you, we kind of just talked about, you know, there's not a whole lot of veterans, but the, the group of people that are going to be veterans, eventually that we're going to, you know, either they're going to bust or they're going to be veterans, but you got Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Dak, uh, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to, it's going to be interesting, you know, Joe Burrow coming in, Trevor Lawrence, um, maybe Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, um, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, even Deshaun Watson, but he's got to get a new team. Yeah, I mean um, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, uh, Carson Wentz. Even I don't know if you said him, Carson. I Wentz. didn't because it that that'll be an interesting situation. Just because I mean he's new to the Colts, and I feel like the Colts organization. Uh, you know, obviously they 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 would have liked to have kept, and I totally can't think of his name now. I can picture his face. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yeah, I I feel like they would have loved to have kept Philip uh Philip Rivers. But, oh, for sure. But absolutely. So I feel like if, if the Colts can can make it work with wins, yeah, I absolutely think he'll, you know, he could be there yeah. long term if if they can find that right mix. But the Colts, you know, they're they're not one of those teams that likes to just, you know, get somebody and then just hold them there for a few years and then let them go. Yeah, I mean they they like to have that solid set of team. Um 
you know, so that's that's kind of what we're seeing around the league. Uh, so kind of in a transition, you know, you know, going from bad coaches mixing with, you know, cube. Well, not bad coaches, but bad communication with office and QBs and then transferring over to teams that are now in transition of figuring out new situations with QBs. Um, I mean, we've got teams like the Colts where they've got that number one guy, but they've got to figure out, you know, just how to get that to mesh, you know, get them to learn the playbook for them to get the playbook used to them, uh, for them to connect with those players and to make that, um, you know, I had the chance to watch most of NFL networks training, uh, training camp, uh, live, you know, while they're there. Um, and they talked a lot about Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz even said, you know, he's like, I'm loving the guys here. I've made a lot of good connections with them. Uh, I'm getting along well with the coaches and you know it's just a matter of making it work together and learning everything but we're meshing really well and uh and a lot of the commentators were even talking about how the offensive line is one of the best you know the defense is one of the best also in the league so really carson Wentz should be safe he shouldn't get hurt um you know he shouldn't be worried when the defense goes out all he's got to do is learn his part and it'll it'll all flow and carson Wentz knows that and he's he's very excited to be there and so um, kind of to transition from a good QB in a good situation, I kind of wanted to ask you, um, what do you think of his counterpart, Nick Foles, even though he's kind of not really a part of it? Um, he's kind of the third string here. But Andy Dalton and uh, Justin Fields, the head coach has come out for the Bears and said, Andy Dalton is our number one guy going into week one. Um, what What do you think about that? Do you think that's going to change? I mean this is one of the huge battles going on. I mean, a lot of teams are facing this QB one QB two challenge right now. And so what do you think about the bears? Um, and the, and the head coach saying, Hey, our first round pick probably won't be playing this year. It's going to be Andy Dalton. What do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, you know, I guess if you, if you, if you signed Andy Dalton and you knew you really wanted him to be your starter, at least for this year, uh, you know, he's, he's been in the, in the league like 10, 11 years. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's probably going to end up being the starter, uh, Nick Foles. I mean, he, he definitely can be good, but I understand also kind of wanting to keep him in a backup position. Uh, especially, you know, Andy Dalton got hurt last year. So yep. if Justin Fields isn't quite ready, I mean, they just said today that Justin Fields had some accuracy issues and that oh, yeah. he looked like a rookie in a, you know, in a rookie camp. So, I mean, I guess it's one of those deals, you know, it, it makes sense to me that you would have Nick Foles because if Andy Dalton, first, God forbid, goes down again and gets hurt uh, and Justin Fields, you know, he's he's still that rookie guy. You want to have somebody like Nick Foles who can be like, all right, look, hey, I'm going to come in. Justin Fields, you're still in second here. Andy's, you know, recovering, um, you know, so you have that that veteran presence still. So I it sucks, I think, if you're Nick Foles, because you could definitely probably still play in the right situation. But at the same time, I mean, when when he signed that contract, I'm sure he had to know, like, hey, look, like, you're you're either going to be number two, number three, you know, it's it's going to happen. And so I feel like he had to have known that going into this deal. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks, yes, but. I mean, you brought up a good point. I mean, Andy Dalton, he got drafted in 2011. Nick Foles got drafted in 2012. So you've got two veteran QB. Well, I don't know. I don't know when you really transition from whatever to veteran, but you got these QBs going on 10, 11, 12 years. 
what do you think about about that helping uh, Justin Fields growing? I mean, do you think if Andy Dalton got hurt sometime midseason, do you think having those two quarterbacks next to him would help push him fast enough that he'd be ready? Or do you think they'll throw in Nick Foles? Honestly, I think it'll really depend. Um, on what? Well, I think it depends where Justin Fields is at. You know, yeah, this, this is his first rookie camp, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of these deals where you, when you look at it, he's going to go through preseason. He's got to actually get some downs against real people who are actually trying to hit him. He's got to find his groove. He's got to learn this playbook. I mean, yeah, playing in college, you do learn a lot of things. But first time stepping on the field, I mean, you know, they call you a rookie for a reason. And there's a reason why there was a quote is saying he looked like every other rookie in his first training camp. So I think it just depends on him gaining that confidence that you need, you know, to step up and to to learn it and, you know, vibe with the guys and everything. So I think, yeah, yeah if, if he got hurt, well, I say he, if Andy Dalton got hurt, I'm sure there's a potential chance that Justin Field could get some reps in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he had to learn from Nick Foles, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. I mean, Nick Foles has been no, around I mean, a long time. He definitely is a veteran. Yeah. Even when you're a veteran, you know, they always say, uh, you can't teach a you know an old dog new tricks, but you know they certainly can go out there and can uh, can still teach and they can still get it done. So I think uh, for Justin, I, I kind of want to say it's fifty fifty, honestly. Okay, yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's going to be based upon you know how humble is Justin Fields, you know, up until that point of Andy Dalton getting injured, getting injured. You know, is he going to be constantly competing for that QB one spot? Or is he going to actually take that time to compete, but also focus on growing and learning from the two QBs next to him and really taking into heart what they say? Because, you know, if he never gets hurt, I don't see Justin Fields playing this year um, unless Andy Dalton really just does not do well. But I mean, Andy Dalton's a pretty good quarterback. Um, The Bears are not a good team, really. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, There's just weird things. They get unlucky. Um, sometimes their line falls apart, their defense falls apart. They've had some bad drafts and haven't necessarily kept up and stuff. They haven't necessarily kept up with the times, uh, as far as I think trading and getting new people. There was a time there that the Bears looked really good, at least defensively. They had some really good players, and then they got you know, they got really hairy with some cap space. And I think paying players too much, you know, trying to do too much at once to try to be competitive, and then kind of fell into that lacking position, I think, for the last few years where, you know, Mitchell Trubitsky just wasn't working out. And uh, I don't think they were prepared to really, you know, draft anybody or were scared to commit too much money to anybody too long term. They didn't really know what they wanted to do. If they just kind of wanted to try to buy their way into, hey, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's trade for a bunch of really good players, you know, and see what we can get. Or do they go for the, hey, let's develop some players? And so I think for, you know, the Bears, I think that's, you know, that's kind of a big deal. We're here. They're saying, hey, we got Andy Dalton. You know, we're going to we're gonna try to, you know, build our team up. But let's also draft Justin Fields. And let's actually, you know, get these veterans to teach this guy to be a long-term type player. Uh, so I think that's, I think it's a step in the first, uh, a good a good direction for them to say, hey, we recognize where we had some issues now, you know, now let's actually make it work. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's going to be, uh, 
it's just interesting seeing how different teams do it. But there's got to be a good balance of those guys that have been in the league long enough to take care of themselves, you know, where the coaches don't have to constantly be like, dude, what are you doing? Why don't you know what you're doing? Um, so there needs to be those guys and there needs to be guys in the middle where they're like, they're still, they still have that potential to grow. They're not at their best, um, but they are really good at certain things that they do. And then, you know, you got to have those young guys that are still learning, but that have those things that they just have that one or two phenomenal things. Like, um, you know, Tyree kill when he came in, everybody's like, you're, you're small, you know, what are you going to do? And then he just took off running and was able to catch everything. You know, there's just those things that, you know, you've got to have that shock and awe factor. And so it's odd that the bears try to only go veteran players or only try to do certain things. And then it kind of just seems like they bite themselves in the butt with cap space or just those guys getting injured or uh, they're just not actually panning out, Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. Um, And now switching kind of from, from the bears. I'd kind of like to tie something in. Well, I'd I'd kind of like to tie something in here. I'd, I'd like to say it's kind of an interesting situation I'd like to say it's similar to kind of what's going on with the situation with the Broncos. Now, yep. if you're the Broncos, right, you've got John Elway up there, you know, who's helped making a lot of good decisions for the team. You know, they definitely obviously were very happy when they had Peyton Manning, you know, and they, and they saw that success. And then, you know, they've, they've had a couple good years here and there, but, but then lately, you know, they just haven't really stacked up. And I, and I got to say, it's kind of like an interesting situation where you've got Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater there for the Broncos, where, yeah, Drew Locke isn't a true freshman, right? But he's still also mm-hmm. trying to find his own way into the NFL to being a really good player. And then you've also got Teddy Bridgewater, who once upon a time was a very good quarterback. I mean, you know, he, he's definitely had quite a bit of injuries, uh, particularly we all know that big hit that we saw when he was playing with uh, the Vikings. Um, you know, and, and he's trying to find his way back. And so I'd say Teddy Bridgewater is definitely a more veteran quarterback. I don't want to say he's veteran veteran because he's been in a backup role a lot, but you know, now we've got the two of them competing where it feels very similar to Andy Dalton, um, you know, who was stuck with the Bengals for a long time and, and, you know, didn't really have a good team around him. So he definitely, you know, he got all of his reps in and everything, but just, He's never had the weapons or the threats or the ability to really do anything. So now coming into the Bears, where he's got like Marquise Goodwin, you know, who can definitely catch, you know, deep balls uh, and, you know, is good. And I feel like it's, it might be a better situation than at least, you know, where the Bengals were when he was with them. So I feel like the Broncos situation is very similar. You know, Drew Locke is, is kind of that situation as to what Justin Fields is. Of course, Justin Fields, you know, brand new off the draft pick, true rookie. So, you know, they're they're going to be trying to figure out where you've definitely got the younger guy competing against a more experienced person. Um, and it's a, it's a very similar situation, but it's also very, you know, if you're one of those fans, obviously you're really hoping like, hey, look, we've got two guys here. One's younger, you know, one's a bit more veteran. Hopefully between one of the two, one of them is going to come out and shine and just really find that, that momentum with the team. Um and so I, I think it's one of those deals where they're in a very similar situation. I mean, of course, uh, you know, we, we really did, uh, you know, kind of kind of talk about this because the Saints, are, you know, are in a similar situation. Jameis Winston um, and Taysom Hill, right? 49ers, Trey Lance, Jimmy G, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so there, you know, there's there's several teams that are really kind of stuck in this position um, where you want to see how, you know, 
more veteran player versus rookie or true rookie, you know, however you want to look at this. So it's it's definitely an inter- interesting situation for a lot of these teams to be in. Um, and so it's just, it, it's going to be really hard, uh, I think, from this point to say, hey, I think this person is going to be the starting guy. Obviously, if you're the Bears and you have Andy Dalton, it's it's a bit easier to say, hey, I think, you know, this guy really is going to be it. But if you if you look at these situations where it's Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, or Taysom Hill and um, and uh, Jameis Winston, or even yeah. Jimmy G or Trey Lance, it you know that's a bit harder of a situation because we you know yeah sure we we got a couple glimpses or even uh, I know we kind of have vaguely touched on this in, in conversations before, but even in the situation for the Patriots where it's Mac Jones. And, you know, Cam Newton, where, you know, at least in camp right now for, for Mac Jones, he's looking great. And he definitely has kind of shown like, hey, I could I could take over and this wouldn't be an issue. But in the other situations like, you know, here, we need to see them in some preseason games, right? We need to see how they actually hold up against not playing against your own teammates, not playing against practice squad guys, not playing against guys who are, you know, trying to make the cut, you know, uh, to, you know, really make, you know, you, you want to see them against guys who have no idea what your playbook looks like. Uh, and so I definitely think it's going to be one of those deals where, you know, Andy Dalton has this better chance and, you know, but for most of the teams, it's, it's, it's going to be a more, uh, a more competitive piece where, you know, those, those veteran guys kind of have a better chance because they, they know some things, um, and the true rookies are, you know, they, they need to get some more looks and they, and they need to get a lot more comfortable before, uh, a coach or a GM can say, "Hey, yeah, this guy's going to be our starter." I don't know how, how do you, how do you feel about those those situations? Because I know I know we agree on the Mac Jones one, um, but mm-hmm. how do you feel about you know Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston? How do you you know how do you feel uh, about uh, you know those situations? Drew Locke and well, I've got I've got a lot to say about those guys, but we are coming up on kind of a good halfway point. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about taking a uh, a commercial break right now? And then when we hop back in, I can go in depth on on my thoughts on the Saints, the Pats, the 49ers, even the Jags. Um, and, yeah, you know, absolutely. we can discuss more in depth on their on their QB one battle, you know, before the season starts. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And uh, we'll uh, we'll bring you back in right after the break. Sweet. All right, everybody. Welcome back from this break. And uh, we're getting ready to talk about how. Mr. Westbrook has some thoughts on the shootout that's going on between different teams in the league. And uh, oh, yeah. so we, we've talked quite a bit about the Saints, right? That's that's obviously been a big deal this whole time. Uh, but mm-hmm. let's go ahead and hear your thoughts. Because I, I, know, I know, obviously, you really like Mac Jones for the Patriots. Uh, what, what have been your thoughts since you get to watch some of the camp today? So it was nice because the 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 Pats were one of like the featured teams uh, that NFL network was following today. Um, And so it was really nice because I got to be able to see, you know, clips of them working out and hearing the commentators specifically talk about them. Uh, Now I may have expressed this before, but I will express it again. I do not like Cam Newton. Um, I just don't like him. I don't think he's going to perform well this year. I got to ask what's with the hate for Cam Newton. I'm just curious because I'm also not a Cam Newton fan. I I haven't been for (laughs) some time, obviously. Uh, I think that started with with some of just his general attitude. I think when 
when uh you know he came into the league but i'm just curious what 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 drives your hatred for him attitude is everything to me i hate seeing these players come in and think they're all hot stuff uh cam newton did it justin fields is doing it um apparently according to some teammates he's not doing that now um but you know all the talks afterwards when he was being interviewed and stuff he's like oh i know i'm the best blah 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 i don't like that i don't care if you're pick number one or you're pick number whatever the last one is number like 200 something mr irrelevant yeah, Mr. I know it's Mr. Relevant. I just didn't know what the number was. I don't it's know what the something. pick is. But I just know it's Mr. Relevant. But, I'll never yeah. know the name. For, I'll, I'll never actually know the number, but it's because they're irrelevant. Um, yeah, but th- they're know, typically super humble, attitude. though. They're humble, though. That's the thing. When you're Mr. Relevant, like obviously there's a. I think there's oh, a yeah. certain portion of like, okay, I just got I picked. And, I, I just got yeah. But if you think about it, though, like there have been obviously a lot of undrafted free agents who go on to become good oh, yeah. players. But I do think mm-hmm. it's special that whether you got drafted or whether you're you're you know an undrafted free agent, obviously, though yep. so getting drafted by a team, even though you're Mr. Relevant, like that's kind of cool. Like that is a story, you know. Like you see all these players who are like, "Oh, I was Mr. Irrelevant," and they've got their Mr. Irrelevant jersey, you know, plastered on the mm-hmm. wall. So, oh, yeah. but they're they're all they're always very humble because you know they actually got drafted. But I have to yeah, agree I mean, with you, uh, I you know, on his attitude, and I think part of it comes from. You know I'm an Alabama fan. We know Auburn beat. Uh, <laughs> we know Auburn beat Alabama the year that he won the uh, the Iron national Bowl. championship. No, or, I mean, yeah, won, the, yeah, the, the national yeah. championship. You know, in 2010, he also won Heisman that year. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's. I just think it's. It's one of those things where I'm just uh, maybe I maybe I'm still a little bit salty about that because I hate seeing Alabama lose. But at the same time, I just I think part of it's just his attitude. You know, they called him like Super Cam and all these different yeah, things. And I, he's just he's very cocky. And um, I just don't like players being mega cocky. I think I got a little spoiled in the fact that watching the Patriots play, especially with Brady, you know, Brady was never like that. He didn't come dressed up all weird with a headdress on acting all funky and you know, saying he's the best, you know, I don't think Tom Brady still even like, he still won't even like say he's the goat. Like people say you're the goat. He's like, ah, uh, next question. You know, uh, it's, it's just one of those things that I think greatness shows you don't have to say it, but you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting though, that you're not an Alabama fan, but you talk about how you, you like, uh, you, you like more humble laid back players, but it's one that is from the very beginning. It is one of the first things that, you know, when you go to play for, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name now, uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Yeah. When you play for Nick Saban, he does not let you, like, you know, you can be a really good player, but he doesn't let your ego show. He doesn't let you oh, go I crazy know. on social. You know, he doesn't let you do all this stuff. You come in and you buy into his program and you do things the way that he wants. And, I mean, look at, look at, I mean... I- I just don't like that Alabama always wins, which is funny coming from a Patriots fan. I know, but you know, the fun thing about college football is it's unpredictable, right? You can watch the game every Saturday and you don't know who's going to win. That's most of the games on Saturday. Um, now there are a lot of teams right now. Alabama's that I'm like, oh, had some I hate watching. Oh yeah. Well, recently, but you know, with it just normally, you know, Clemson watching Alabama do it every year. You know, it's just hard because sometimes you're just like, please, I want to watch another team win. That's why it was nice watching Joe Burrow take LSU. 
Um, you know, I kind of just w- missed the days of seeing Oklahoma be good this year. And, oh, here's Ohio State. Here's Michigan. Here's Alabama. Here's Clemson. Here's LSU. You know, so what the do you good think? days of back yeah, in so, the day college football. So then what do you th- what do you think? And I know we, we said when we came back from the break, we were going to talk about some of these camps. But I got to ask you then. So what do you think about UT and OU getting invited today to join the SEC? <sighs> you see, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, so they're, they got invited to the SEC, right? Yeah. Or no. Yes. Yeah. And who are they leaving? The big big 12. 12? Yep. So they're leaving okay. behind like Texas tech, Baylor, West Virginia, uh, TCU. Uh, who am I forgetting? I think there's another Texas team in there maybe, but I can't remember. There's, there's a, quite a few teams in it so i mean yeah it's gonna be hard to remember that's that's kind of the big teams there i mean you're losing two if not the biggest teams in the big 12 right that's basically the argument we're making um i think that there are two independent teams that need to step up and jump into the big 12 um one of them arguably being byu um that has been one where all of the byu fans because i am one um Everybody I talk to, they're always like, man, we want to go to the playoffs. We want to go to the playoffs. But if you're not in a conference, it's super hard to do anything conference, like championship related, playoff related. Um, And I think BYU needs to just make that step. They need to jump into the Big 12, take that spot that Utah's leaving. Um, As for another team, I have no idea who could take that spot. Um, You know, there's been talks that Utah State could also take it. Um, the big, the I mean, big thing that I've been hearing other small schools that could do it, but really, I think somebody from Alabama, where does Alabama play? Is that also the sec? Yep. I think somebody else in the sec should jump out and get an easier nobody's, chance to win their conference. No, nobody's once you're in the sec, I don't think anybody wants to leave it because it's, it, I, know, you get, I know you get so much money from being in the sec. Now here's the deal. So I've, I've been looking into this a lot more. I, I really do like college football. I know we, we really said we weren't going to focus on a lot of college football this year, but I think one oh, of the interesting I'm fine things talking about college football, so, I, mean, I think it matters. So I think one of the big deals there is going to be that at least the trending thing that a lot of people talk about is that the ACC should collapse in with the Big Ten, which is where like Ohio State and Michigan are, and should take the Big 12 in. uh, And, you know, they'll have Baylor and some of those teams. They could restructure. They'll have a mega conference. uh, And then they could, you know, when they do that, because Notre Dame is also like a part-time ACC member um, and then if BYU jumped in, uh, and some of these other teams, they could have a mega conference that would give them a lot more opportunity to play some of the better teams. But I think yeah. when you get like UT and OU into the SEC, uh, when you, you know, when you recruit players, there are a lot of players who want to go play against the best. Uh, and obviously we, we know that, you know, there are a lot of SEC schools that dominate in recruiting. And obviously a big oh, yeah. portion of that is obviously going to be, if you get an opportunity to play in Alabama, you know, you're probably one of the best players and you want to go there. If you get an, you know, you get the opportunity to play for Clemson, you probably are going to go play there. Even, you know, Ella, you know, a lot of these places. Um, and so when you get that opportunity to play for an SEC school, I think that's, that's a really big deal. Um, and course, so I think, yeah, so I absolutely think it's kind of one of these deals where I think it's going to be really good for the SEC, um, particularly because if you look at, let's say, like Arkansas, uh, Mizzou, uh, Tennessee, some of these teams who aren't necessarily great in the SEC, 
they could have a chance to play against Texas. They could have a chance to play against OU, you know, some of these teams where they can actually compete and it's going to be a toss up week to week to see who can win those games versus, you know, when, when you know you have to play Alabama and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to lose, you're going to play Auburn. Uh, and at a point in time when Auburn was a powerhouse, uh, particularly when they had Gus Malzahn as their head coach and you say, oh, I'm probably going to lose this one. Uh, or, you know, you, there's going to be some teams who I think are going to benefit from other schools that are on their tier of recruiting. Um, but I think it's going to be good for Texas. I think it'll be good for OU because they've been kind of trapped in, in the, I think, but uh, Oklahoma state, I believe is also in the big 12. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like, yeah, sure. You lose some of those, those rivalry games and things like that. And aside from the money aspect, I think there are going to be a lot of players who are going to be excited to say, Hey, I'm going to UT and I'm in the SEC or I'm going to OU and I play in the SEC, you know, and you get to play some of those powerhouse schools where if you do end up playing against, you know, Alabama in a, uh, an SEC championship game uh, or, or whatever it is, I think it's, um, you know, it's a much bigger deal because now, you know, you're playing against the best uh, and you actually have that tough conference where, you know, let's, let's face it. If you are in the SEC, there's a chance or there's a really big chance that somebody from your division from your conference is going to be in the BCS national championship game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it, 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 it will be interesting. It'll change up the way that it's played. I know the Big 12 is super angry and they're trying to get them to stop and try to get it at all just done with and not allow it. Um, it will be interesting. It will be very interesting to see how it affects the smaller it. schools and how it benefits. I know. Um, but I think it will benefit those small schools. It'll very well change it up. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but we did get very, very off topic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I it's a just good think, topic. No, I, I mean, uh, yes. Um, I just think it's funny that we got off topic that badly because we started talking about Cam Newton. Okay, well, real um, quick before we transition back, I have one more yeah, question no, that good, I, I really want to know. Go for it. Okay, so now <laughs> yeah. that uh, the I can't think of his name, the guy who might be the starter for Alabama, they say he signed over oh. eight hundred thousand in yeah. in uh, in image and likeness. Yeah. And they're saying yep. that he's also got deals that are going to be contingent with his teammates that'll push him over a million, but that he wants to sign because it makes his teammates money. So obviously now, now that they can get paid for these deals, and obviously it changes their recruiting. But aside from that portion, I just want to know, do you think that now that the players can make money, they might actually stay in college longer since they can make some money while they're still there, um, get their education, you know, do some of that stuff? and actually stay, maybe win a national championship. Maybe some of the guys, you know, will stay and, and win Heismans when their junior year, they don't think they can. Um, and, you know, now they have an opportunity to stay for an extra year, you know, for a senior season. Do you think that'll change anything for them? Well, I mean, I think it will. Um, I think it's a good way to keep them in college a little bit longer, maybe see them get a degree, finish college, and, you know, actually be done. Um Problem is, as soon as they feel like they could get a really good, you know, multi-million dollar contract with the NFL, they're going to leave because getting a million dollars is going to be rare in endorsements. Um, You know, again, we're talking about the starting quarterback for Alabama uh, getting a a million dollars. I mean, if that's what the best Q, you know, air quotes, best QB, you know, on the best team in the nation is going to get. 
it's not going to keep everybody on for long. You know, it's going to level out and people are going to be like, you know, 250,000 a year in college is amazing, but I want more. And they're going to go into that draft. Um, so, my, so I really think it will affect only the top, top players. So this is going to be a good segment to go back to where we were talking about. But let's take Trevor Lawrence, for instance, right? So he could have stayed for a senior season. And mm-hmm. he really thought there was a chance he was going to get picked up by the Jets. And if he was, he was like, oh, well, you know, then I'll definitely stay. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, him landing with the Jags is a, is a bad spot by any means, especially because, you know, um, it's very close to, you know, to where he was at Clemson. You know, now you're down in Florida. It doesn't, you know, it's not a huge change. It's not like he's going up and playing, you know, in Minnesota. You know, it's, it's not like he's going up somewhere like super cold where it changes too much for him. Um, but in that opportunity where you may say like, oh, I really don't want to get drafted by this team who's probably going to try to draft me. You know what? I could stay for my senior year. I'll make some money. And then maybe next year, I hope a different team has the opportunity to draft. I mean, I feel like that could that could be a good motive. Well, I, I don't say good motivation because some of those fans are like, oh, yes, let us get that, you know, get that player. Maybe it'll turn us around. But if you're that player, maybe, you know, it's a, it, it helps out to be able to say, you know what? I really don't want to be a member of this team. And I don't want to be that guy that just says, ah, nope, I'm not showing up. Trade me. You know, you you don't want to be that guy, but you know now now you could use them. Be like, hey, well, you know what? I've decided to stay in my senior year. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I feel yeah, like I think that I think that will change that a little bit. You know, uh, it kind of gives you more of an incentive to to kind of pick wisely. But again, this will only again affect the top five, ten players in college because they know where they'll most likely get picked and what teams they're going to. But beyond that, you have no idea what team's going to get you. You know, uh, even Justin Fields, he didn't think he was going to go that low. Um, so really, it's a toss-up. You know, you have to be worried at all times about what you think. Um, but I mean, as a good transition, talking about Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's he was pick one. Everybody's like, oh yeah, he's going to start. But I don't know if you saw the the quote from from Gardner Minshew, but he's like. He's like, I haven't gone to the bath. Like, I haven't, I haven't pooped in in two weeks because, um, what did he say? Because, uh, oh, what did he say? It's such a funny quote. He's like, I haven't gone to the bathroom in two weeks because nothing about me is number two or something like that. I'm gonna find it while I'm talking, but, um, I mean, that's a huge battle. Um, you know, you got the number one pick versus Gardner Minshew, arguably the. I don't know what 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 how do we want to? I don't know how you describe Gardner Minshew. Gardner you know? Minshew. The, I just think he's basically kind of a, Uncle I think Rico a, from Napoleon Dynamite. That's he, every would, single he's comparison I've seen. He's a troll. Oh yeah, he's, he's a but total I mean, troll. He's also he's also good. He's, he's good, not, but he's not Trevor yeah. Lawrence. I mean, no. I I'm sorry, Gardner. For some reason, if this were ever to get brought up, and I had to talk this with you. Uh, not saying that that would ever happen, but you know, just saying that would be awesome uh, though. Yeah, it would be. But at the same time, it's just kind of one of those deals where it's like, I mean, you had your chance to be QB one and prove your QB one. And it hasn't happened at this point. Um, Trevor Lawrence is good. And he, he, I, I, I don't think there's any way that Trevor Lawrence loses QB one. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very tough. I think we're going to both see both going through the preseason playing. Uh, but I do think Trevor Lawrence will come out on top. Um, he's just, 
he's too competitive to lose it. Not that Gardner Minshew's not, but I I can just see, I don't see Trevor Lawrence somehow losing it and not seeing the Jags like actually let their number one pick go and not play the first year. You know what I mean? So I mean, really, uh, yeah. So that's kind of like the weakest competition we've got right now. You know, going on in the NFL, the the one that you had asked me about before with the Pats. I mean, we've got Cam Newton, Mac Jones, Cam Newton. I feel like that's know, probably the, the weakest. I got to be honest. It. Uh, what do you I, mean? Like, uh, like I it's feel, already QB one stated. I, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like Mac Jones should have that job. Uh, I feel I, like oh, it's oh, fairly. That's, see, that's interesting. So. Even though Bill Belichick says Cam Newton is QB1, whatever. Look, every Patriots fan right now is watching Mac Jones play, and they're like, dude, we kind of want him to play. Because we saw what Cam Newton did last year, and none of us are really wanting to see it possibly work out with him. Because he's not the long-term option. You know, they signed another one-year deal. I mean, that's not what you do for somebody that you think is going to be your next long-term I, player um i, I just think honestly if you're, think if oh, you're I, the gonna, I honestly think that mac jones is going to win it at some point in this season and cam newton oh that's 100 sign for the next year yeah well i i mean if i was cam newton i probably wouldn't sign either honestly but at the same time i mean like if you look at it though there's no way that you get mac jones and you sit there and say look like He's at least on par with Cam. Like, why? Like, yeah, sure, Cam Newton's a veteran, but what? What is? What does Cam Newton have going for him at being at the same level of Mac Jones as a veteran than Mac Jones, who's only going to get better as he goes? Like, it 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 doesn't make sense to me. Like, I I think you have to choose Mac Jones at that point. There's no downside to it. Like, what what do you lose by selecting by letting Mac Jones play? You know, by letting him play. Uh, he- yeah, you'd lose just as many games, if not less, than what Cam Newton would do. I mean, really, Mac Jones is a better QB in terms of his throwing ability, his accuracy. I've seen plenty of clips and videos of them throwing, and Mac Jones is on point. Uh, today, he struggled a little bit at camp, but I mean, honestly, Cam Newton has not been but- as accurate at camp as Mac Jones has. And I think that's going to affect Bill Belichick and his desire to keep Cam Newton in. He's not getting a lot of money. He's on a one-year deal and you have a round, a pick 15 round one, you know, right there that could easily play. And I think, I think Bill Belichick will make that switch at some point. um, I think this says a lot about Cam Newton when you just said, you know, when we say Mac Jones is on par with Cam Newton, but Mac Jones is a true freshman and he, he had a hiccup in practice. Okay, so just just for stats here, for those of you who haven't watched the the drills uh, and and camp going on, okay. So in the eleven on eleven or, or seven on seven drills, Newton was nine for fourteen, and Mac Jones was seven of thirteen. So yeah, sure, there were there were a few more you know drops going on there or, or whatever was going on uh, where Mac Jones completed a little bit less. But we're talking about a rookie QB who's coming in and he's pretty much on par with Cam Newton. It just there's I see no downside to to selecting Mac Jones because he's only going to get better. But Cam Newton, I mean, if you're a veteran and that's what you're doing, I mean, it's a it's kind you know, I want to say it's embarrassing, but it's just kind of one of those points where it's like you put Mac Jones in, sure Cam can be a backup for this year, and then you you know you trade for somebody and you try to get somebody else in there. Yeah, um, I mean, and so I do want to say this though. So this was something that we had kind of brought up where. 
I feel so, you know, if Mac Mac Jones is going to take over, right? He'll he'll be QB1. Cam Newton probably doesn't stay beyond the year. Um but then oh, yeah. you, if you're the Patriots, you want to get a good backup. And the reason I bring I, this up is cuz the Cowboys uh-huh. are in that situation now where they have Prescott and they've got three backups who have all proven themselves not to be good backups. <laughs> you got Cooper Rush, yep. Garrett Gilbert, and you've got Ben DiNucci behind Prescott. And Prescott, you know, just had uh he did footwork today because yesterday he got injured. Well, injured. He has a muscle injured, strain yeah. in his shoulder and yeah, his arm so or something. I don't want to call it an so, injury, but let's just call it kind of like an ache pain, whatever, because it's, it's not like well, he's it's like it's a full. muscle strain, so, I mean... Yeah, but it's not. He's it's injured not, enough that they don't want him throwing because he's got the he's got the Hall of Fame game in a couple of weeks, so they don't want him to be injured right, so that but, he can actually play in that. Yeah, but it's it's he could still throw is my point, but it's it's not like an yes. injury where it's like oh, like he, he's got to do you know he's got to have surgery or or there's some you know yeah. there's They're some preserving him basically. Yeah, so but it's it's one of those deals where I think looking at that, um, you know, in comparison, you know. Mac Jones comes in. He's going to be the starting QB. So this year, at least, once he takes over, Cam Newton will be the backup. Whatever. Um, but you know, they got to, they got to get a good backup in there for him. Uh, but you know, aside from that, I mean, it's just it's it's kind of an interesting position. Um, and I guess now my my biggest question is, you know, we we said we were going to talk about this um, between what's going on, you know, 49ers, uh, Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Well, real quick, just because I botched the quote, I want to say the quote, and then I'm going to move forward and answer oh, your question. Oh, the Gardner Minshew quote? Yeah, the Gardner Minshew oh, quote. I I'm ready to pull for it up. I, I botched it really bad, and it's hilarious. He said on a on a podcast uh, called Greenlight, I think, um, he said, I'll say this, man. In preparation for the competition, I haven't taken a crap in weeks because number two isn't an option for me. Number two is not an option. Um, I just think it's hilarious, but anyway, Trey Lance <laughs> or Jimmy G. I, I got to give it to him. I mean, yeah, that's funny. No, it's I mean, awesome. I at think least, it's hilarious. It, at, at least if he's not taking QB one, like at least at the same time, like <laughs> you, you know, he can be fun, and he's you know, yeah. he's he's getting paid, and he can be you know a Twitter comedian. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll be good. Um, anyway, to answer your question, so I know you don't like him. I really do. Uh, Jimmy G for me is QB one for a little while. Trey Lance has to prove himself. He does not have enough tape for the coaches to love him yet. That's why they've named Jimmy G number one. Um, now I know Jimmy G is quite injury prone. Um, however, I will say this. I don't remember who I was talking to the other day about it, but anyway, uh, Jimmy G, I think, is going to be on a salvation tour this year, uh, to give it a name. Um, I think he feels the heat on his on the back of his neck, and I think he wants to secure that spot for the future or at least make a name for himself so that somebody realizes, hey, we need a good backup. Hey, we're the Broncos, and we need somebody because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to come here. Uh, hey, we're the Cowboys. What if you come be number two because Dak Prescott keeps getting injured? I think he's going to try and save his number one spot or do well enough that proves to everybody else that, yes, I am good when I'm not injured. Take me and I'll be a great backup for you, even though I don't want to be backup. And I will still that number one. Like, I will work to still that number one spot. Let me say um, this. I really though. think that's what's happening. So let me say this. So it's not that I don't like Jimmy G uh, when he, you know, when he was the backup to Tom Brady. You know, and he, and he got some throws in and, every, you know, he was doing good. And then he came into San Francisco 
you know, and, and he takes that number one spot, you know, and he, and he does his deal. He's really good, right? Good during regular season. And then you get to postseason and it just starts to fall off. I don't know if he just, he doesn't like the pressure of postseason or if there's just something going on in the water in San Francisco around postseason time of year. I don't know what's going on there, but that's, that's my deal with it is, if he could get that under control, I think he would be fine. But just to look how he plays in postseason, and obviously that's kind of a big deal because you don't you don't want a quarterback who does fine up until postseason. So that's that's my yeah. deal with it. So if Jimmy G could get his stuff sorted out, I wouldn't. I, I it's not that I have an issue with it uh, with him. It just you know the postseason thing is an issue in my opinion. Uh, I would say he would be fine and he would have total job security. But I think because people recognize, hey, look, uh, you've got some issues here in the postseason, and we need that to not be an issue when we make it to the Super Bowl, or you know, we you know we make it here, make it there, whatever it is. Um, I think that's that's going to be kind of a you know that's what that's what's holding his job security back, and why they drafted Trey Lance. And so I think Trey Lance could, if if he could get in and could show that he is on par with you know, kind of same situation where he's on par with Jimmy G and then he shows like, Hey, look, I can also play in the postseason. I think he'll win it. Um, but at the same time, even if it takes time for him to develop and to get to that point and they, you know, they have Jimmy G in there as starter number one. Um, and you know, he just learns behind him. I think it's also a complete safe position to be in for either one of them. Like you said, though, he could, you know, if, if Trey Lance eventually takes over, um, you know, he could, kind of be you know it it would it would suck because he's young enough that i think he's got enough time to play but i think he could also be in that position like you said coming in as a backup who might have a chance to start kind of like andy dalton uh you know kind of like what's going on there with um with the nick Foles, where you know like hey like i have this outside chance to be the guy but at the same time there's also maybe a younger guy in that you know in the mix somewhere too I think I think that could absolutely be a viable thing for him where they kind of say or even in the the Drew Locke Teddy Bridgewater situation where they say hey look you you got to compete but there's you know there's an outside chance you could be our guy and I think that could be you know kind of one of those positions um I would even I would even say this um so Steelers have uh Ben Roethlisberger they have uh Dwayne Haskins uh who's their who's their other guy I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is number two, I feel bad for their number three. No, they're probably better than Dwayne Haskins. So it's uh, it's Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, the guy who got hit in the helmet, yeah, bashed in the head. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on there oh. with Mason Rudolph. If they've lost confidence in him because he hasn't developed enough, whatever. But I and I didn't hear anything about him at camp. I only heard about Dwayne Haskins got some reps in. Obviously, we we know Big Ben. But I think that could be like an interesting situation if he was open to ending, you know, ending up there, uh, you know, especially after, you know, Big Ben retires, maybe, you know, he gets a chance to go work out with the Steelers if he becomes a free agent or whatever the deal is or gets traded there. Uh, Jimmy G. I think that could be an he interesting goes to the Steelers. Yeah, that, that could be an interesting situation because you, you already know he's better than Dwayne Haskins, uh, yeah. who's got some, you know, he's got some issues going on there. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I wouldn't say is a, is a bad guy, but he's probably a better backup than he is a main quarterback. 
Uh, I mean, well, he, I he, mean did, he did good think, when 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 yeah. Big Ben was down, but I mean, we just did, we haven't seen. Well. Yeah, but I I think maybe you know he needs some more time to develop. So if you look at yeah. it, you know maybe Jimmy G gets a short three year contract or something, two year whatever it is, tries to help mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph a bit more, but also gives the Steelers a chance because I mean it, it, it's not like you have a bad a bad uh, a, a setup there because you've got you know Juju, you've got uh, J, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, you know, you still got Eric Ebron. I mean, you you know, you got Najee Harris there on the running back. So it's kind of one of those positions where, you know, he could go in and still have the threats and everything that he needs, you know, with what's going on there. Their defense obviously still needs little, well, maybe not a, a little bit of work, but, you know, because they, they've got some people there in TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward, you know, some of these guys. Um, but, you know, that he could go in and, and uh, be, you know, under Mike Tomlin and get some stuff going there and, and still be competitive um, obviously it's a, t- it's a tough division to be in, but, uh, you know, you could be in that position where he could be their guy and, and jump ahead of Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I mean, truly it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I mean, really, if you look around the league, there are just so many teams that are either fighting for QB one, or they've got some backup problem. Um, and, you know, the Steelers, I think, are probably one of the teams that are the most set with a good backup or two. Uh, Mason Rudolph proved himself to be decently good. Uh, he's probably a lot like Daniel Jones or Jimmy G kind of on that level. Um, you know, but really, I mean, if if Ben, if Big Ben goes, Mason Rudolph could be next up or the Steelers could be in the look for a good veteran. Um, now, obviously, I have no idea. Um the Steelers have not shown that they're going to do anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if big Ben retires after this season. Um, he, I thought he was going to do it at the end of the last season, just because he seems so tired, so hurt, so beat up that I thought he was going to do it. Cause Phillip rivers was also going out. So was drew Brees. I really thought big Ben was leaving. I just um, thought of something. What the team that he could go to that would make a lot of sense. The Big Ben, who Ben Big Ben could go to, or Jimmy G could go to. Jimmy G. Okay, who? Washington. Because you got you got Ryan Fitzmagic, mm-hmm. and you know that's not a long term situation. I love I mean, Fitzmagic. Be. I love Fitzmagic, <laughs> but let's be honest, it's probably not. It's it's not a long. You know. Okay. I think it's long term until he retires. I think I think he'll retire from Washington. I think unless, they're going to want. He just doesn't perform. They get rid of him. Well, but that's that's the thing about Fitzmagic. He's hot and cold. I mean, you just you never know. That's why he's been on so many different teams. Like, yeah, he's a good veteran who helps you out week to week, but I don't think he's a long term primary solution. So hear me out here, though. So their backup is uh, Tyler Hinky, or I'm sure I'm butchering that Heineke. Yeah, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who got traded from San Francisco last year as the backup to Fitzmagic, and then you've got Kyle Allen, who was traded from Carolina, who was the quarterback at Houston. And not the Texans. I mean, he was the uh, he played for the University of Houston. Uh, and and while I'm sure they're probably capable there, but if it, if Fitz Magic retires at some point, if you're Jimmy G, you know that's a that's probably a place that you could take over. I mean, that would be the perfect place for him to go. I'm gonna pull up as I'm talking in the their depth chart. But I mean, the so they've got the Washington football team has a serious offense. I mean, they've got Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson is arguably a really good running back, and then even JD McKissick is really good. Um, they could do some more work at the tight ends. Or no, 
Adam Humphreys is pretty good too. Uh, Logan Thomas, I don't think we've just seen enough of him. I think they need to fix that position. Um, they could grab Zach Ertz. I know he's unhappy being with the Eagles. Um, but other than that, I mean, they've got a really good defense. Um, the I think their defense there. was top five. But I mean, really, they've got a good team. If Jimmy G wants to transition from playoff-ready 49ers team to playoff-ready Washington football team, I think it's very doable, especially with with the Cowboys trying to take care of Dak Prescott and things like that. It's not feasible. Danny Dimes trying to still get in his rhythm and win. And even Jalen Hurts trying to come in with the Eagles. Jimmy G could very easily take the Washington football team to the playoffs while all these other rookies are trying to figure it out. Um, And I think that would be a good spot for him to go to if he wants another good team in red. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of one of those deals. I mean, if you think about it, I don't think he's ready to be the backup guy. I think he wants to be the guy. I mean, obviously, if you're quarterback, you always want to be the guy. Like, that's the goal. Yeah, but, but I think some guys know when they're ready to be that guy. Right. But I mean, like, if if you're if you're Fitz Magic, you've always had enough of the magic to where it's like, okay, I might be in the backup, but any given time, I could be the guy, right? Um, yeah. but then like you said, like Nick full, you know, Kirk has like some of these things were like, you know, it's like, there is that transition period where you're like, Hey, I'm still getting paid, but I can still play if needed type deal, you know, but they're not, they're not quite ready to leave the league. But obviously Jimmy G, I think is young enough that he still wants to be the guy. I don't think he's at that transition period where he is like, I'm okay being the guy sometimes. So I don't think it's feasible that he would ever end up in Dallas to be Dak's backup. But I feel like between Washington or the Steelers, you know, where you know, like Fitzmagic has probably some time, but how much time does he want to devote to it? Or, you know, uh, or does the team want to actually give him? Cause obviously he, you know, he's, he gets around and then, you know, like I just said with the Steelers where, you know, you've got big Ben and, the, and, and they've got, you know, Mason Rudolph in the backup position there, but we just haven't heard enough about him that I feel like those are probably two good places that he could land. Uh, again, I don't, yeah, I haven't looked at cap space to play. Yeah, I feel like those are two good teams that he could probably go to that that could be playoff ready teams where he could come in and say, hey, look, the core is there. Everything I need, you know, is there to work. Obviously, he still needs to be able to make it work in the postseason. But, you know, let's assume that that's a San Francisco issue and not a Jimmy G issue. Uh, Both of those teams have great looks for him that I think could be good. Of course, obviously, Washington or, or the Steelers would have to be willing, you know, probably to give them some time to make it work. But I mean, it. Let's face it, like those those are teams that if you were a, a quarterback and you were looking to make a new move somewhere um, and you haven't already been recently traded, that's th- those are two teams that are, you know, could probably be a good fit for a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, it would really depend. Are the 49ers unhappy and going <clears> to <throat> sorry, I got something stuck in my throat, apparently. Um, but if the 49ers get unhappy and they're like, hey, we're not going to trade you, we're going to put you a second string. Um, I think Jimmy G is going to want to leave and go play first string. He played under Tom Brady long enough. He feels ready, I think. Um, and so if he wanted to go to the Steelers, the Steelers have $7 million in cap space this year, 7.3. Um, now that's this year. I have no idea what next year is going to be. We don't know that yet, obviously. So let's say Big Ben retires and they only have, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten million 10 million in cap space for the year. I mean, Jimmy G is going to have to take that pay if he wants to play for him or he can get a lot more money and go to the Washington football team because they've got 17.1 million and there's no way on planet earth. They're filling all that cap space in the next year or two. So well, I mean, I he mean, can really get a big trades. payday if he goes to Washington. 
So. Yeah, but then the other the other thing that I'd like to mention, okay, let's, let, I'm just saying right now, ignoring the money side of it, because we just, you never really know what's going to happen, who's going to retain salary, you know, different things like that, particularly if it's a trade or whatever. But I mean, even Deshaun Watson could go to either one of those two teams, particularly like the Steelers. Again, I know the money would be an issue there because he commands a big payday. But can you imagine if Deshaun Watson was there in uh the Steelers organization taking over for, you know, for Big Ben, that would be yeah, I mean, a that's crazy a, that's situation. Yeah, I mean, if Deshaun Watson went to the Steelers, I mean, that would be huge. The Steelers would be an... They would wreck their conference. I mean, truly, that's... They're one QB away from being a real playoff contender and actually going to the Super Bowl because... I don't think Big Ben has it anymore to really take them and compete against the Chiefs, but I think Deshaun Watson very easily could. Um, and I think that's what would get them out and beat the Ravens and beat the Browns by having Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington football team, they're both great teams for QBs they're in good who positions. They are just... about to be maybe off their team. Right, exactly. They, uh, they, they, have, they have good cores. They have what they need. Uh, but, you know, in those positions, I think, and actually both of those, you got an older quarterback who sometimes has it, sometimes doesn't, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a quarterback could come in and completely, you know, change the face of it. And obviously, uh, in, you know, in Washington, like I said, you know, they, they've got some young guys in the backup position there. And it's the same thing going on with the Steelers. You know, you got Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, young guys, um, you know, you could, you could bring another veteran in and kind of keep the ball rolling and see that progress. And so I yeah, think it's, I mean, those are, those are going to be two teams to watch out for, uh, because yeah, if you get a good uh, veteran, I mean, perfect. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good setup, which is interesting that uh, from the Steelers standpoint, um, you know, we saw all of those big trades kind of going on where we saw Carson Wentz move. We mm-hmm. saw Stafford, you know, we're seeing, you know, quite a bit of these quarterbacks move. And particularly if you start to think about in some of these transition periods where, uh, let's say Drew Locke takes over for the Broncos, right? Um, I don't know what Teddy Bridgewater's contract looks like, but maybe he goes and takes over for one. Or let's say Taysom Hill is there with the Saints, and you know you've got Jameis Winston who maybe wants to try. You know he wants to try to to still be the guy. Uh, you know you could see him absolutely maybe go to one of those two teams. So it'll be really interesting to see how they fill out that position. Do they maybe draft a real young guy, uh, you know, like like the Jags did where they, you know, they get Trevor Lawrence and then they just throw him in, um, you know, so it'll, it'll be really interesting. Um, hadn't really necessarily thought about that until now because I hadn't taken enough time to look at their, their depth charts, but those are going to be very, very interesting situations. Oh, yeah. I mean, QB seems like it's the thing that's about to rotate out pretty heavily like all the names that we've seen for the last 10 years are going to be a lot of different teams um and jerseys you know jersey colors with those names that we've noticed um so i think it will be interesting uh, money is going to play a huge factor into a lot of it um you know you spoke about you know with jimmy g he's getting like 25 million a year he signed a huge contract by the way he's he's a free agent after the 23 season so not next season, but the season after, or not this season, but the season after. So in two years, um, but he signed a hundred thirty-seven million dollar contract, 
um, which is huge. Um, but as for Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's free at the end of this year and he's only making four, you know, 4.4 4 million. So, I mean, really, there's a lot of good QBs coming out that if a team needs a good backup, like the Cowboys, they could pick up Teddy Bridgewater and have a good backup. Um, the Steelers and Washington football team, they could very easily take Deshaun Watson or Jimmy G and be a playoff contender. Um, but, you know, it, we'll see. I mean, it it's going to be based on who is happy with their team. Is the team happy with them? What's going to be going on in a year? Who retires? Does Aaron Rodgers retire? Are the Packers now a free team to go to? Is he traded somewhere else? I mean, it'll be... I think next year it'll be a crazy off season for QBs. Uh, so I think it'll be very fun. Actually. Okay, so hear me out here. I, I think this is accurate. Uh, I'm on the, I'm, I'm looking at 2021 NFL free agents and I'm looking at these one year contracts for quarterbacks, right? So Ryan Fitzpatrick is on a one year deal to Washington for 10 million. Right. Okay. But it also looks like here where Andy Dalton is on a one-year $10 million deal for Chicago. Tyrod Taylor is on a one-year $5.5 million deal for Houston. Um, you know, he's 32 years old. We've seen his ups and downs, but that could be an interesting position to be in if Tyrod uh, went to Washington, per se. Uh, Joe Flacco, 36, so it's it's rather questionable as him, you know, because he's the backup right now for Philly on one year, $3.5 million. Uh, but I also see here... Uh, AJ McCarron for Atlanta's on a one-year deal. Colt McCoy, one-year deal for uh, Arizona. Uh, Blake Bortles, one-year deal behind, uh, you know, Jordan Love and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's see who else is on this list here for pretty pretty, uh, pretty soon here. Well, RG3, I don't think anybody's going to take him, but there's... Uh, there's quite a few people there that I, I think could uh, possibly even take over. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very fun. It seems like QB is the position to be in right now um, where you're going to be a free agent next year and you're hoping that Aaron Rodgers retires or leaves. You hope Big Ben retires and you hope that a bunch of other teams get unhappy with their QB and switch it up. Um because, I mean, we're, it's going to happen. The Texans are going to lose Deshaun Watson either sometime before the season or after. Um, we'll see what happens with Aaron. We'll see what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll see what happens with Big Ben. That's like four teams right there. Um, and you, if you want a very good shot at a number two position, sometimes playing number one, the Cowboys, great option. Um, even going and battling up in New England for it, you could do that. Um now, obviously, they're not looking to hire any new QBs, but if they let go of Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham for some reason, but I mean, even Cam Newton's going to be gone, so you could try and go secure a number two spot or fight off Mac Jones for it. I mean, really, there are just so many teams that you could go for. It would be hard to pass up the option because um, even like the Rams, they just picked up Matthew Stafford, but he's going into like his 10th or 11th year as well. I think he got drafted the same year as Andy Dalton, so... So I just I mean, pulled up 2022 NFL free agents. And uh, would you like to know who I just saw on the list that I think could be an interesting free agent after this next season? Who? Josh Rosen. Oh my now, gosh. Be, now, I don't now, even know where he's playing. Is he so at the he's Dolphins? A, he's with San Francisco. 
And what? yeah, so it, so it says right here, uh, Josh Rosen, 25, San Francisco. He's, I believe, making pretty close to league minimum at 850000 And he'll be a restricted free agent. But if he got traded, it could be interesting um, to, to see how, I mean, wait a minute. No, isn't. No, he's not with San Francisco. He's San Francisco. I think he's still paying his contract. He's he's with the uh, Dolphins. No, he's with the Cardinals. No, he's not still. No, 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 no. Josh Rosen is with the Bucks. I'm pretty sure. I think he's Wait third string. No? Either this, either this page is no. It says right here he's the quarterback for the 49ers. Oh yeah, he's on the 49ers. I just looked it up. That's so weird. I didn't know he this, got this web page. I'm looking at is very weird. Yeah, it says. He was okay. So it says he was under an entry level contract from 2018 to 2021. But then I guess at one point he then went to the 49ers for to 20 in 2020. I don't know. This webpage is, is a little interesting there, but I'm just saying if Josh Rosen could pick it up, either one of those two, or well, particularly like Washington or somebody like that, that could be an interesting person who comes in and could take over. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It'll be. <clears throat> there's a lot of teams uh, that could go and get them and do these things. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be very, very interesting for QBs this next offseason. So one of the things that uh, we had mentioned earlier in the week, um, and I, th- I think this is a good point to talk about it, is that uh, we were wondering where people would end up. And one of the ones that I want to talk about is Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah, Richard Sherman and Savian Howard, two cornerbacks that need a team, and there are a lot of teams that need cornerbacks. I, I think, realistically, if he gets through this whole ordeal that's that's kind of following him right now, I think he uh, ends up... Kind of down his in-laws' doors? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was drunk. I'm sure there's some things going on there. Um, I don't want to speculate on that portion of it, because I do like Richard Sherman... He's a, he's a dominant player of the league, uh, you know, so I, I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Because, and his wife has been standing behind him, but, you know, behind the whole thing. And so I'd, I'd like to wait and see kind of what happens there. But aside from cap space being an issue, I think he ends up with the Saints. Um, you know, Chris Richards was hired as the Saints defensive backs coach in the offseason. Um, and that's, you know, he, he was kind of credited as the guy who created the Legion of Boom in, you know, Seattle, uh, where they won Super Bowl XLV, III, or whatever it is, um, you know, and, and they're expected to switch to a shift that, uh, that will fit Richard Sherman, you know, as a cornerback. And so I think that could be a very interesting place for him. Uh, the other... The other place that I could imagine that he might end up is uh, is with the the Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, they need some help defensively. Um, they allowed way too much from uh, from quarterbacks. Um, I think that's a place that could really use him. Yeah. Um, problem is, I think Richard Sherman wants to go and win a Super Bowl. Uh, I know everybody obviously is trying to do that, but I think Richard Sherman really has his eyes set on a few different teams. Um, 
the Seahawks could really use a cornerback, whether or not they want him. I don't think he'll. I don't think I don't think so either. I know they're in desperate need for one, and I wouldn't be surprised if they grab Xavier Howard instead. Um, Absolutely, from the they could. They could, but I'm just I, saying. For, I think they should. Yeah, for Richard um, Sherman, I don't Richard think Sherman. I mean, I think that's dead and over. I don't think either side could ever come to a, an agreement for any amount you know, of money that would that would say, "Hey, come back here." You know what team could use him though? That would solve their problems and probably make him the best. The make them the best team in their division. The Jets. Mm-mm. The Cardinals. If. If they, they can lock down so their much. defense, I think they would be a solid team. I well, think they could do it. The Jets, I mean, they got Chandler Jones. They got J.J. I mean, they, they're they either obviously working on it. I just don't know that it that it fits there. Now, the reason I did just mention the Jets, though, is that Robert Salah is the new head coach, and he used to be the uh, 49ers defensive coordinator, which is, you know, so Salah and Sherman worked together, um, and they were also, uh, Robert Salah was also, in Seattle when Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator. So, I mean, they're, they've, they've kind of got some familiarity there too. Um, and Salah, I believe is also bringing the cover three style. That is, is what, uh, you know, the 49ers used when Sherman was there and, uh, very, you know, the same cover three scheme is exactly, uh, you know, what, uh, Chris Richards was using, uh, with the Legion of boom. So both of those two could also make sense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few teams that could use a good cornerback, and there are two right now on free agency, and so we'll just see. We'll see what happens. We'll see where he goes, but I definitely think the Seahawks need to be looking at one of them. Uh, the Cardinals, if they really want to so- finish solving their problems, they should go for one. The Cowboys could use them. Um, like you said, the Jets could use them. I mean, there's so many teams that could use a really good corner. Uh, why not you know just go for it try it you know sign him to a one-year deal if he doesn't work out get rid of him trade him he has a ton of draft uh or tradeability i mean he's still young he's still good so just get him at least for the investment of trading for somebody later yeah it's i mean i just think there's there's a lot of unknown going on in the league right now a lot of people are trying to get security i feel like particularly around the league where coaches and gms they really want the security of i want someone good who's going to be here for a while you're and if you if you look at a lot of the deals that have been kind of going on lately obviously after the pandemic they're all saying oh we don't we don't have enough money to cover that you know blah 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 that you know whatever you know they've Mm -hmm. all cited money issues and stuff and they're trying you know i'm sure you've seen the trend lately where it's like oh well let's get this veteran on a, a short term, you know, one year, two year, three year, five year deal or whatever, uh, and kind of as like a prove it to me contract. And yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. So, I mean, and, and I think at a certain point, though, if you're a veteran like Sherman, where you mentioned, you know, he, he wants to win, but also I think he's a guy who wants to get paid. And I think he, you know, he would enjoy some security. I think that's another thing for the players is it's not like they enjoy going spending one year in san francisco and then moving completely across the coast to another side and they have to go okay hey either my family's coming with and then you start thinking about the covid stuff too which i'm not trying to get too deep into that but particularly between the vaccinated unvaccinated uh and whether you you know your family you can be around your family and different things does my family move with me uh do i just move up here and basically just facetime my family through you know through this season whatever it is um 
it just uh it, it's it's a really weird situation to be in for a lot of these guys and so i think you know a lot of players are trying to at least get the security of hey particularly through this pandemic and everything if i'm vaccinated and my family moves up here i can actually see them um or if i'm not vaccinated well i can't spend time with my family really outside of this anyways so maybe i just move up here for the year and they don't mind a short-term one-year deal but it, it's it's really just interesting from a player perspective and i think a lot of people lose sight of this um you know because they're normally just like oh well you just make so much money but you can't just uproot the lives of all of your family all the time particularly if you're doing one-year deals like imagine yeah. if you're fitzpatrick you know where you're constantly moving teams could you imagine if if you know your kids uh, you had to uproot them like every other year, basically, or every two years. Oh, it, and would, they, it would suck. It would suck so bad. Yeah. And I mean, so. it's a lot of people are like, oh yeah, but you, you live in luxury and all this stuff. But like the kids don't necessarily necessarily know that it's this luxury and what they have. They just know, Hey, I just became best friends with this guy. And now I'm moving five States away and it's summer. And unless there are other kids in this neighborhood, I'm not going to know anybody because I haven't gone to school yet other yeah. than maybe other no, players I, kids like like that's mm. uh, it's it's a side that i don't think a lot of people think about but it's i i was sitting there thinking about it the other day because i was like you know a lot of these players do have kids that's a rough situation to have to be in yeah no it, it it's gonna be very tough and and we'll see um real quick because we're getting kind of towards the end of our of our time here tonight um but the the colts are a team that Richard Sherman or Xavier Howard could go to, and here's why. The first two strings of the right cornerback position for the Colts is they're both completely out. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they're out. They're listed as out right now, and that would be a perfect position for them to go into. The Colts already have a really good defense, um, but why not go and make it a little bit stronger? Give them guys that are healthy and strong. I think that would be a really good pickup for the Colts to get one of those uh, corners. Uh, so I just want to kind of throw that in there because they've got 14 million in cap space. They could very easily pay for them and even for them to stay on for a couple years. Uh, so I think that would be a good, a good place for one of them at least. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, that organization as a whole, I think they, I don't think they're going to have an issue of trying to pick somebody up if that's what they want to do. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with their, the situation there where you said both of their players are out. Um, so I'd also be curious to see if they, if they expect that to be a long-term issue, uh, or if, if it's just something that they can wait out through training camp and hope that, you know, it take you know, sorts itself out, uh, and they get them back. So, you know, well, I think, I think you'll have to see there, but yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think either of those two cornerbacks realistically are going to have an issue finding a place to land, uh, you know, they, they bring that presence that you want on a team. So mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it from their position, maybe a little bit more with Richard Sherman, just cause he just had that whole ordeal go down. Uh, oh, yeah. so I think teams are going to be a little bit wary, but at the same time, their, their play speaks for themselves. And, and I, if you, if you're just looking from that standpoint, it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be. I mean, there's there's some great players out there. Just just go get them if you need them, and hope that the problems that they cause don't fall onto the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some good players that are out there that that I think need to get out of free agency, and people need to realize that they've still got some value in them, and that they could do some real good things for their lineup. So. Absolutely. I think that's going to be the end for us today. 
Um, we kind of kept you a little bit longer than we normally do this week. So hopefully you all enjoyed some of the information that we brought out. Uh, you have anything you want to say to everybody before we end it? <sighs> Just... If you can't keep up with with training camp, don't worry. Um, we will keep you guys up to date as we go on. Um, we have our fantasy football draft next weekend, I think. Um, so that'll be fun, and we'll cover that. Um, maybe we can even do a podcast covering who we're picking, who's getting picked up. That would be kind of interesting and fun. Um, but yeah, uh, just go ahead and give us follows on our on our Twitter and our Instagram. Uh, it's the Mike and Mike show on Instagram and then, uh, on Twitter, it's the Mike and Mike show one. Uh, so go ahead and give us follows there, uh, interact with us. Let us know what you want to hear things that we're not covering that you want to hear about. Um, and one last thing I wanted to note, uh, tonight is the NBA draft and some really good players have been getting picked up. And so, um, also oh, since we're talking my fake about uncle that, Russell Westbrook got put onto my favorite team, the Lakers. So I was about to say, to I, I, I saw he got, uh, he got traded. Uh, oh, yeah. and so I, I thought that was funny. Um, yep. as a, as a side note, uh, just because we're ending as a Texas Rangers baseball fan, we just traded away Joey Gallo to the New York Yankees. And I gotta be honest, I am super upset because he was kind of one of the last, I don't want to say OGs at the team, but in the last few years, he's been one of our only regulars. And I got to be honest, it has really upset me because now there's there's not a real regular player on the team that I'm still just in love with that uh, I can I can rely on as a, a, a Rangers fan. Of course, anybody who's listening that's in Texas that's a Rangers fan already knows the abysmal things that we've been going through. Uh, so it's 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 been hard uh, to be a long term loyal fan because we're just we're not rebuilding and we should be uh so it, it's been rough as a there's a rangers fan just throwing that out there mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that that's pretty much all i all i had for tonight so thank you all for coming out and and enjoying our podcast we'll see you next time <laughs>